Vivek Ramaswamy, Republican presidential candidate, back on Good Morning Hampshire, the pulse of an age. Good morning, sir. Thanks uh, for being with us on this Friday morning. Good to be on. How are you? Um, we're doing okay. Well, uh, tell us what you're doing on the campaign-wise, where you're going to be and all that. But uh, you know what? Uh, big debate the other night, in some respects. Uh, some people had a hard time finding it. But uh, the big four in Alabama, minus Donald Trump. We just had Chris Christie on earlier. And uh, you, you made some news out of this. Um, and uh, the governor was talking about that. But uh, NBC News headline, Vivek Ramaswamy promotes January 6th conspiracy theory by suggesting it was an inside job. Any regrets uh, bringing that up the other night? You still think there's some merit to that or not? Oh, no regrets at all. To the contrary, I I'm, I'm, think it's my obligation, Jack, to speak some hard truths here. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a CEO, and I was anti-woke and I was writing books, you know, I'm a conservative, but if you told me three years ago that January 6th was in any way an inside job, I would have said that was crazy talk. The reality is now look at the hard facts as it's come out, though. We now know that there were many federal agents in the field. The government refuses to tell us how many. We know that the government fired rubber bullets and explosives into a peaceful audience. That was previously video footage that was not released. And we also know that Capitol Police then literally allowed, in a friendly manner, almost rolling out the red carpet for people who showed up at the door. That's a case of entrapment. And the same part, the same government, you look at a few years ago for that Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping, the alleged kidnapping. When that eventually got to trial, what did we learn? That was another case of entrapment. That's why two of the defendants were acquitted. Because, again, when the government induces you to do something that you otherwise wouldn't have done and then criminalizes it, that's a concept in the law known as entrapment. It's unconstitutional, and it's something that we should not want to live in a country where the government is causing people to do things that it later arrests them for. And there's now enough evidence, video evidence that was suppressed. Look at what Mike Johnson released, that the American people and the media need to take a long, hard look at that. There hasn't been any accountability for it. It's an unspeakable area. And that's part of why my campaign is founded on speaking the truth, not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. This Mm -hmm. is a hard truth that we have to be able to contend with. Well, the the only uh, follow-up I have on that, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, is... um, the only thing I pointed out on my show, I'm not going to touch upon any of the dots you're um, trying to connect there, because some people would say it's, you know, far, far out there, conspiracy theory. But one thing from a media point of view, and I'll ask you this, I do find it interesting that the video that the American public saw days and weeks and months with all the federal trials and the arrest of those who breached the Capitol was those breaching the Capitol. You didn't see how many people were there peacefully protesting in yes. person. In fact, we never got a number. Some people say it was over 100,000 people, but they never showed that. It was always the vi- people breaching that wall, going in, breaking the law, breaking into the Capitol, the violence. But anyway, um, let me Jeff, switch gears. I just want to finish saying one thing on that just so people understand. I was where you are right now a while ago as well, where this it sounds like fringe conspiracy stuff. But then you get into the details and look at the more recent video evidence that was released. And the number one question going through my mind is, why was this suppressed? Why for a year and a half was there only one select cut shown versus all of the peaceful protesters who were there? And I think that we do have a government from the origin of COVID. Remember, that was a conspiracy theory, too, to say it came from a lab in China. Government officials lied about that. The Hunter Biden laptop story, that was a conspiracy theory, too. We now know ex-CIA lied about that, and the media lied about that. So I think that it's the job of good media 
and the citizens to be appropriately skeptical of what we're fed by the government. And I've fallen for that trap myself, but I think as a leader now, that's my job to also follow the facts and speak the truth regardless of what you're supposed to say in public or not. So it's a Friday, and I tend to roll my show comfortably in in my own skin. I'm just going to put it this way to you and ask you this. When you first came on in the sort of the first trimester or beyond your campaign, you seem to be resonating well, talking about positive reaching younger voters who have been disenfranchised. Yes, shake up Washington, come up with budgets, it's chief executive for Congress to you know talk about the agencies. Very kind of um, out of the box entrepreneurial message. In the debates, anyway, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, you seem to really be going after Nikki Haley. What do you have against her? Because it seems almost personal the way it comes across. Actually, if you look at those first six months of the campaign, she was coming at me long after, long before I was going after her. But the reality is it's an extension of my message of ending corruption in government. I've gone hard against Biden and Hillary Clinton and others that have made money off their time in public service. I'm an advocate for eliminating the ability for congressmen and bureaucrats to trade individual stocks. I have been a longtime proponent of banning lobbying for at least 10 years after you leave the government. Joining corporate boards of companies you've regulated, but I so can't how, do, how, do, how does this how does this tie how does this tie how does this tie into Nikki Haley? Haley? All of Elaborate. that ties to Nikki Haley, who's who's the Republican version of those same sins. She joins the board of Boeing right after she, as governor of South Carolina, does special favors to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars in value for Boeing while governor of South Carolina. As soon as she leaves government, has a nice board seat waiting for her, paying serious money on Boeing's board. Go after her time at the U.N. Use those connections to then start a military contracting firm to make money off of functionally going to war. You have secretive speeches given to foreign actors, just like we've criticized Hillary Clinton for for years. That's exactly how Nikki Haley's made money, without disclosing who those people were or what the content of those speeches were. She was calling for Donald Trump to release his tax returns, joining the Democrats to do it in 2016. It hasn't released her tax returns now. I've released 20 years of mine so I guess, as a businessman. So I think so that Mike, it's, it's more that I criticize Democrats, but I, can't, I would be a hypocrite if we did not call this out in the Republican right. Party itself. And I think I, she's I guess, the best example of corruption. I guess what voters see, though, I, I guess I hear you on that. And, you know, those, those after-service things in Washington, governors, senators, McCarthy stepping down at the end of the month, he'll probably be doing similar stuff. So I hear you on that, but I'm... Um, you know, bringing up her daughter on TikTok, mentioning that or mentioning her intelligence, that that seems to with some voters that turns them off, doesn't it? Well, Jack, I want to I want to point this out. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't I didn't bring up her intelligence. She has touted her foreign policy credentials, yet she could not even name three provinces in Ukraine that she wants to fight for. That's what I revealed. People forget in the last debate, <laughs> she outright called me in the second debate. She used the word dumb. <laughs> And she's used four-letter words against me. So I think, and I'm going to go speak the unspeakable, and let's be loose on a Friday as well. I think here's a reason why. The media has kid gloves when they're dealing with an establishment candidate, especially one who has two X chromosomes. So in each of the last debates, she calls me dumb and scum. The media cheers girl power and go queen. Now I reveal on stage that she literally doesn't have the first clue about a war that she is the biggest advocate for, this war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I agree that that is a legitimate area of inquiry. I don't do name-calling. I don't do four-letter words. I know that's something that she's been more fond of, and I suggest she expand her vocabulary. But the media's disparate treatment is fascinating, and I think that people should open their eyes to it, where if in that first debate she calls me dumb and asks me about the provinces of Ukraine and I didn't know it, she would say, you don't have foreign policy experience. 
Well, the person who has touted their foreign policy experience apparently doesn't know even the first thing about the wars they're advocating for. That's not an insult to intelligence. That's revealing to the American people that a lot of these pro-war advocates, Nikki Haley included, are really intellectual frauds pushing for wars that enrich their families as a military contractor, yet they don't even know the first thing about the provinces they're fighting for. And yes, I think that that American people deserve to know that, especially at a time when the mainstream media is really shutting down the perceptions of, of what really needs to be seen. What do you say to some um, observers or pundits, they've said on this show, so I'm just going to reweigh some, that that uh, Mr. Ramaswamy at this point is really just navigating to kind of uh, do Trump's work. He's not in the debates, kind of help Donald Trump, who he eventually would support, even if he were charged or convicted of a crime. In other words, carry Trump's water in these debates. How do you respond to that? I respond to that by making up, by saying that's a nice, convenient talking point invented by other campaigns that have grudges against Donald Trump because they're not catching up to him. But the fact of the matter is I'm running to be the next president. I've been crystal clear that I think I can achieve as a member of the next generation. I'm 38 years old with fresh legs, reach the next generation more effectively than anybody in this race. And that's why I think we're going to be successful. I think it's going to take an outsider. I'm the outsider in this race. And so I'm running to be the next president. I think we will be successful. And I think we're going to over-deliver results in expectations both in Iowa and New Hampshire. The mainstream media has written one narrative. We're going to shatter that, bringing many first-time Republican voters into the Iowa caucus, and then soon the New Hampshire primary as well. Real quickly, New Hampshire schedule of stuff coming up, and how do you assess where you stand if these polls are accurate, showing Trump with a big lead and Nikki Haley the one that seems to be, quote-unquote, surging? We just had Chris Christie on saying he's staying in this thing throughout. How do you assess your position and uh, New Hampshire schedule and where people can find you and all that? Absolutely. Look, I think we're going to shatter expectations. I think the polls are not accurate, especially for my candidacy. I, don't, I think for the other candidates, I think they may be closer to, to truth relative to each other. Trump is well ahead of the rest of the field. But in my case, many of the people we are drawing are people who are not traditionally polled. A lot of them tend to be younger. A lot of them tend to be outside of the traditional mold, particularly in Iowa. We're seeing a lot of that outside of traditional caucus goers. So I think we're going to deliver a major surprise in Iowa. That's going to then propel us forward in New Hampshire. I'm going to be in Hampton for a free speech event at Wally's on Sunday evening at 7 o'clock. So I'm excited for that. And we're going to have, we've actually been drawing some great crowds to those evening events we've been doing. And then I'll be there all day on, uh, on Monday as well. So we have a Nashua lunch town hall planned at 12 o'clock at the courtyard in Nashua. And then I'm doing a cryptocurrency related event. And that's going to be at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm, as you well know. That's going to be at 345. Yep, on Monday, and then I'm going to do a conservation coalition panel about conserving our American values. That's going to be at Stark Brewing Company in Manchester well, at about 5.30 on Monday. You you have a handle on your schedule, sir. Thank you so much for joining us again. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of an H, where more people are getting the news talk here than anywhere else. Thank you. Talk to you. Thank you very much.